You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of XOXO After Dark Cast. They are all exciting, aren't they? Aren't they, though? <laughs> uh, we're here in the studio today with Abby uh, and special producer guest in lieu of our dearest Kate, who's out of town today, Miss Diana. Hello. Yay, Yay. Diana on the mic. But Diana on the mic. It's very exciting Shout today. out to Kate. We know she's one of our guaranteed listeners. So. Exactly. <laughs> we miss you. Um, but she's going to celebrate her daddy's birthday. So all is well. Um, we are actually talking a little sports, a little romance, and a little Sarah Ryder, who mm-hmm. is our special guest today. She has written a fabulous sports romance, hence our theme. Um, so I guess we want to jump into sports and romance. We've done it before. We're not very good at it, but we're gluttons for punishment. <laughs> but before we take our lumps, oh. <laughs> let me plug our site, as I love to do. That is my sport, which is uh, urging people physically and mentally to go visit xoxoafterdark.com and check out everything we have for you there. At the moment, we've got a great excerpt from VC Andrews. If you remember that, I mean, I read her in like, summer camp when yeah. I was a kid she's still writing and we have a great excerpt from Mirror Sisters up today and we also if you uh, remember if you caught our episode last time you know that we are very excited to be announcing the first publication in ebook of 14 Judith McNaught titles and we announced that we are going to do a Whitney My Love read-along. So hashtag Whitney Wednesday. And if you go to our site right now, you can get all the details on that. So make sure you check those out. And we have a great free read right now from Lauren Lane, who you have heard on this very podcast. She did the wonderful Wedding planners, wedding Bells series. Um, and uh, we talked to her. Uh, was she the one who was the miracle unicorn who had amazing New York? Yes, yes exactly. She's our Second unicorn. Partner. Absolutely. So she, you know, go read her book and maybe you two will have luck in real estate. All right. Now I have done my done my time. I'll go back to the dugout. Sure, that's a sports uh. thing. <laughs> and um, uh, we will uh, talk a little bit. The reason we actually ventured back into the world of sports is um, that we all watched the end of the World Series. Well, oh, some of us did well. because I fell asleep and <gasps> forgot. Oh no! And I woke up at four in the morning, like, wait, what about the cups? <laughs> I did something very similar. Um, this is funny. So our TV wasn't working in the TV room, but we have a, a, a TV in one of our guest rooms. So we've been watching TV up there, and Rick goes up, and I'm, you know, washing my face, getting my nightgown on, Max in bed. And I mosey on up, and Rick's, like, snuggled under the covers in the guest bed, and I, like, get in, and it's, like, very novel, because you're, like, it's not your bed, but you're in bed, and you're watching TV, which we don't have downstairs. So it felt like we were almost in a hotel. So we're watching TV. It's a World Series. I promptly fall asleep, because <laughs> it was boring. It was before the extra innings and the rain delay. And it looked so, like the Cubs were running away with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When I fell asleep, it was, like, 6-3. So I'm, like, he gets up, whatever. He has to go get his phone. I'm, like oh this is ridiculous I go downstairs I go into my bed I fall asleep I wake up to screaming and yelling <laughs> and I look over the clock and it's like 1 30 and I'm like 
what the God, he's going to wake up that kid. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I go upstairs. My hair's all cockeyed. And I'm like, what's happening? He's like, best World Series game ever. He has a glass of scotch in his hand. And he's That's furiously texting with his friends. And I was like, what is happening? He's like, Lauren, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And he has a good friend whose father is a cub. And, oh. of course, yeah. 108 years. Right. I was always rooting for them because it's too good of an underdog. I love an right. underdog. I know. Even though, shout out to the Cleveland Indians, because they also were, like, they were an they underdog were like story of their own. They were, it's something. been 70 years for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Now they've moved to the top, Cleveland. We can start rooting for you. But yeah, Exactly. No, I know. But, was, yeah, we were, we were picking the Cubs. Like, And he just wouldn't, I mean, for all the listeners who know the story, because I had to have this explained to me at nauseum when I was watching it earlier, and then during the very passionate end, it, they always miss. Like, they get so close, mm-hmm. and they always miss fail and he's like we really thought they were going to fail again we really thought it was going to be like every other year well and can you feel it when i don't know if you were probably asleep at this point and you didn't see it but the pitcher oh pat help me out the do you know the name of the guy and he was the pitcher and he they were saying he'd been used too much already and then yes. he was the one who gave up the runs and let them tie the game and i was like oh, that chapman? Poor, chapman. Yes. chapman yes thank you that poor guy is going to be like i lost the world series no. oh, I know. oh you're talking the indians um, no, I'm talking the when the guy who let the 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 guy who let the Indians catch up. Yes. at that moment before the rain delay. And yes, yes, yes. I was like, oh no, poor pitcher, but you were doing so well, and you you got them this far, and now it's going to go down in history terribly. And so then oh, no, when he it did good though. Oh no, that. he did great. It wasn't his. It was just. And the commentators were saying because I think they had maybe used him a little bit in one yeah. of the earlier games, and they're like, no, they should have saved him or whatever. Yeah. But I just thought, how are you going to get through? this being around your neck all your life and so it was so great when it managed to come back and uh i stayed up and i don't watch football uh, football or baseball which is the sport that this was i watch no sports balls (laughs) and um why did you stay up because it was history ah you know like i forgot i I guess greg didn't mention it and not it shame on me if we're not really like paying attention but I just didn't realize, and I was so tired. I think I went to bed at like it, nine o'clock yeah, that night. Oh, of course! And it was did he watch? Yeah, no, he watched. I know, right? You know, we had. To, I was really tired the next morning, but you know, as a child of the Boston area, uh, curse like the, curse recognized curse, you right. know, and you have to respect. So I remember how, again, not caring, but how thrilling it was when right. Boston finally broke their curse. Yeah, and uh, so I sort of wanted to see it. And Gordon was in the other room, kind of half watching. Mm-hmm himself but and then the tarp came out and i was like so would they just like go home and go to sleep and we'll start again in the morning and he's like no i know i don't think it no. works that way um but well, it then seemed to be a- just the thing they needed to reset it well right? everyone says that the rain delay is what doomed in uh, cleveland yeah and and it was one of those things where i saw the cleveland because rick made me watch all the interviews after was, yeah. and was like no you know what no one wants to think that the game was tampered with because of rain. Mm. I don't mind that we took the rain delay. And if we can't win them after a break, then we didn't deserve to win. He was Mm. so classy, that manager. Yeah. Um, But uh, I was, when I watch sports here, like, I don't watch any sports. I unfortunately watch a lot of sports. Baseball, I despise and wish all things bad on the Yankees just to get Rick's goat. And then (laughs) all I really do, and this is honest, if I do it with you guys watching, I'm like, oh, he's really cute. He's Mm -hmm. really cute. He's really cute. That first baseman on the Cubs, 
yum, yum. Rick's like, he's like 6'6", and really young and adorable, (laughs) and he was so emotional, and I'm like, he's so hot. And Rick's like, do I really have to listen to this every time we watch baseball? I'm like, well, I'm not watching the game, so I just have to see who's cute and who's not. Right, like, it's your choice how much baseball we watch, huh? Exactly. (laughs) Well, the best part of the Cubs game was Bill Murray, I think. Oh! Like, he just... The joy emanating from him was like, had a physical from Chicago. Really? I don't know. He's I, a huge I feel like he's Cubs a huge fan. Cubs fan, and he yeah. always is like wearing Cubs shirts or yeah. hats. And then this whole week while they were in the um, the World Series, he was like crashing. What he crashed the White House, like right the newsroom. Yeah, he, he was at the White House because he was getting Kennedy oh, Center right, honor, right, right. But he he crashed a press conference. That's what it was to take questions about the Cubs. Oh my god, I love it. He did you read the bit about how he had. Um, there was a woman who was hoping to buy a ticket mm-hmm. and they were sold out or whatever. And then he was like, come on, you're with me. He had, and so she sat in his extra seat in his box. Oh, my God, I love that so For, much. like, game six. It was so cute. Yeah. But he just looks so happy. Oh, my God, yes. Well, Rick's best friend went and spent $12,000 on a ticket for his father-in-law. Oh. Uh, not father-in-law, stepfather, oh, who's been with him for many, 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 oh, many years. Wow. Like, you know, raised him. So mm-hmm. spent twelve grand, sent him, and he sat outside in a bar and watched it but it gets better they gouged all the fans in the areas around Cub Stadium oh. it cost $400 to get into a bar wow. forget getting a drink just get in oh 400 my God, they cover. just had a cover just had a cover so he ended up not going around the stadium That's he ended insane. up going into a burb of a friend mm-hmm. of his where he could drink for free and drink all night because once you paid $400 you couldn't get a drink at the bar because it was so jammers right. oh. so it was just gouging at its best but uh, it was a historical thing like everybody wanted yeah. to be there did you see I loved the, the shots they kept cutting to the outside of Wrigley Field because it wasn't there anymore it was in Cleveland and, and all these people standing there and then Gordon he was still out with me at that point he's like there's no jumbotron there they're not watching the game they were simply watching the scoreboard mm. oh, wow. and i'm like that is that Dedication. is love like that, that is, is yeah that was amazing and then when it started happening i was like oh i can't wait to cut back and see what that crowd is but yeah the guy who threw the final pitch and i think he's, the his picture was in a lot of the papers the oh, next the day joy. he's leaping and he's, oh, yeah. and he's grinning as it's going because he knows it's gonna hit home so and he's just like yeah and it was Oh no, my husband my husband loved the guy who cuz it was it was the game ended on an out of Cleveland and it was third base and it's third base if I'm not doing this wrong and I hope I'm not it's the guy who stole two runs for the whole series he stole base he like oh. slid into home like oh. got it mm-hmm. and he was picking it up and his face is cuz he knew <laughs> it was a thing he could catch. It was like a yes. ground ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He picked it up and threw it to first and it was out and then mm-hmm. the World Series is over. Yeah. So it was his face going, because yeah. it was an easy grounder. And it was, my husband was in love with the face on him. It <laughs> so. was pretty great too and it seems. Pat, are they like a youngish team? Yes. I mean, as well, far as the players? The guys you mentioned, yeah. Chris Bryant, third baseman, he's young. And Izzo. And but Anthony, isn't the Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo. Is very, very young. <laughs> but the catcher is retiring. Yeah, that's yeah. the old dude. Isn't really everybody right. But they have young, the other guy, the guy that, um, the other catcher's young. Mm-hmm. And then they have Schwarmer's young. Mm-hmm. It just seemed um, like they, they played a young, with a lot of joy, a lot of well, you know? This they actually brings in one more thing that I'll sound intelligent about. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Thank you, baby. Um, Brian Epstein? Brian Theo, Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein. Red Sox. It, well, 
After he left there, broke that curse, moved over, broke another curse, took him 10 years on this curse. He did yeah. it only in four for the Red Sox. He did it 10 here, but he spent 10 years making a very mm-hmm. young, malleable, wonderful team that's going to go on and on and on, and they're going to be real contenders. Them and Cleveland, also a young team, going to be years to come. They're going to be at each other for years. So, it, but th- my husband's like, we got to do a book with him. We got to do a book with him. With because Theo he's, Epstein? A, he's adorable too. Oh, by no, the way, not Theo Epstein. Yes, he is. Oh. He's young. Oh, no, I think he's an old guy. No, no he is young. He is a young guy. Who's this guy I'm talking about? Jen, the GM. Theo Epstein. Yeah. Yes. No, he's young and cute. Oh, Please yeah, look yeah, him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. adorable. Well, and he's he forty-two. Has, he has his wife and two young children. Mm-hmm. He wasn't old. No, he's the one who looks kind of like a Trump son, yeah. right? With the yeah, yeah the you Gordon Gecko lo- hair. He's got the big, he's got the big forehead and the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like him, Preppy. I know you do. You know, you do. So, like I said, great World Series. Even I got into it. Like it was one thirty in the morning. It was like I was a like, really exciting happening? game, and it's has it never happened before that a team came up and had and won all four in a row. No, to that win? has happened in the World Series. Yeah, yeah. We're turning yeah, to you, Pat. Pat. Do you know? I'm sorry. They were down. They no, no, down. no. As someone won four down. in a row to win the series. Someone's done that before. Like a sweep? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Sweep is a sweep. This right. is, they won four in a row like they were to gonna, come back and win. Because didn't the Cleveland didn't the Yankees win do that? Three no, in a row? Cleve- they won three in a row. It, it, I, 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 right? It was yes. Cle- Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. Cleveland, then, Cleveland, Cleveland, and then was four in a row. Oh, no. no I'm wrong. It was Cleveland, Cleveland Cubs, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland right? Chicago, Cleveland. And uh, then that Cleveland. was... I do know that okay. one team in the history of the World Series has won four in a row to mm. win. Whether they... I'm not saying one game's one through four. I'm saying two through six to win, you know? Right. But you don't oh, think anyone yes, has yes. won four in oh, a row? Oh, no. I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. I'm sure right. someone And has. I was misremembering. I was thinking... Well, the know. Yankees did that. That's what I said. Yes. In 96, they were down two know. games... And then they came back. And, and then won. they won the next four. four. Yeah. See? And then on that note, go watch your World Series next year. I hope it's the Cubbies again. That was so good. I don't see how it could be better than this. I think no. I'm done. No, That's the all I need like, to no, say. No, no. I'm sorry. No. Wait, who are, you, who are you a fan of, Pat? I'm a Met fan. Oh, so yet another sad, it's, tragic it's, They're sort story. of due, right? For some, yeah. Well, we thought last year. and then <sighs> I'm not a Mets fan, but Greg's a big Mets fan. I, I feel yeah. for the Mets. I go to eat the food. I feel for mm-hmm. them. I hear the food. The food really is good amazing at City Field. Oh yes, yeah. I've eaten it. Mm-hmm. Pat Lafrida. So we'll hope for the Cubs and the Mets. One of them. One of them. We'll go for that next year, <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back with our exciting uh, interview with Sarah Ryder. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, welcome back, everyone. We are here in uh, we have in the studio with Sarah Ryder on the line with us. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Well, we're talking all things sports and romance. Actually, not all things. We just had a rousing discussion about the World Series. Did you watch by chance? I did not watch. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Are are you, correct me if I'm wrong, are you Canadian? I'm Canadian. Yeah. Ah, well and, then, uh, there you go. 
I do follow some American sports, but I have kids, so I don't okay. get to watch anything in uh, real time anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it would have been anticlimactic to watch after the fact. Just real tweets, though. Yeah. True enough. Well, it was a good one. We were, and we don't do a lot of sports over here on our end. But, no, we're uh, kind of sport illiterate. But exactly. We're, we're winging it. <laughs> We're winging it. Um, But again, thank you so much for joining us today. We really wanted to have you especially because you have a fantastic sports-themed series uh, on our Pocket Star imprint. Um, Book one for the win was out this past June, and Keeping Score is out in just a few weeks uh, in November. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in this series? Sure. So the uh, the first book is is sort of what I call my Battle of the Sexes book. Um, it's about uh, a female soccer player who's really at the top of her game, and uh, she's competing for media attention and resources with sort of the uh, uh, the male soccer team in the same city. And um, it, it kind of looks at sort of the the issues that face women who uh, who play professional sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of continue that into the next book with one of uh, the other soccer players, the female soccer players, who's sort of in this um, kind of antagonistic relationship with her physiotherapist who wants to take better care of her health. Um, And from there, I wanted to branch out and do a little bit, uh, something a little bit different. So the third book that comes out in February actually follows a sports agent and a hockey player. So it kind of shifts away from the female athletes. But But she's... She's the sports agent, isn't she? She is. Yeah, she's an agent. Mm-hmm. And again, you threw yeah. a gender stereotype on its head. Instead of having a, a quote Jerry Maguire, if you will, you went for the yeah. girl, and I love mm-hmm. that. Thank you. I don't think I'm capable of writing without kind of flipping those archetypes. I'm not sure why, but uh, I just find it so much more interesting to to think about the female athletes and kind of how how women's roles are in sports because. Um, we don't see that a lot. I agree. Yeah. And, and that third book, just for all of our listeners, is going for the goal, and it's out in February. Yeah. Um, sports romances are really popular with contemporary romance readers today, and it's not often, as we were just saying, we see heroines as our sports stars. What inspired you to do for the win and keeping score to focus on female as- athletes? I know you wanted to to flip the roles, but was there something that inspired you? Did you have a favorite female athlete or something like that, or were you an but athlete I, yourself? Um, I was. I'm always hesitant to say that now because I'm old and out of shape. But when I was a Sing kid, it, I played soccer, um, and I was good at it, and so I always end up playing with the boys, on the boys' teams, practicing with the boys, and there's always this constant need to prove myself that I was good enough to be there. And and for the most part, people came around, but it was always that struggle, and and it occurred to me that women who actually get to the really top levels of the game, they're doing it for completely different reasons that that the men do. They're not making the money that the men make. True. And when it comes to women's soccer, some of them who play on the professional league are incredible athletes. They make like $6,000 a year, $8,000 a year. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even know it was that low. Yeah, so it's when you're going to dedicate your life to a sport like that, there's some interesting psychology that goes into it because you're not getting any of the glamour. Um, wow. So I, that really drew me because there's, there's such a different motivation behind being an athlete and different sort of challenges and the way, you know, um, with the World Cup of soccer last year that was mm-hmm. in Canada, 
there was a lot of um, media attention around the women who would wear makeup in the game and the women who didn't, um, and just little things like that about you know how do we make decisions like that as women? Well, it, did that make you I angry? It's so interesting. Did that it make you? Did. I was like, who cares? I mean, mm-hmm. I would probably wear the makeup, but that didn't mean <laughs> that that took away from my game, you know. Exactly, and and with so much attention on them for the first time, um, this is really a chance to get your endorsement. So of course, women are going to, a lot of them are going to, and and some aren't. But um, just the fact that women even have to deal with that as athletes, have mm-hmm. to address that question, is just ridiculous to me. So I, these are all the things that kind of play into my very sort of feminist um, sports romance series. Well, you are among a bunch of feminists here. Abby probably (laughs) our most militant. Um, I actually have to go before I go to my next question or let one of the ladies jump in. I have to go back to what you were saying. When you say that a female athlete probably has different mentality because it's not in it for the money or the fame, would you say it's about besting yourself or your personal best or challenging your own skill set and just always trying to be better? Because... When you said that, all I could think about was, I mean, I played softball and I was a cheerleader, but it was about, can I do better? And I guess maybe the closest I ever came was when I played golf. You're not playing against anyone. You're, can I make that shot this time? Or can I get a better score this time? And is it, is it about that or is it different? I think so. I mean, for some people, I'm sure there's, yeah, I mean, there's a host of motivations, I'm sure. But yeah, that, that challenging yourself is really what drove the character in the first book, Lainey Lucas. You know, she's sort of the, the top player in the world and kind of this untouchable level of determination and self-discipline. And uh, and I think that's really what was her motivation. I think he really tapped into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think there's, you know, a sense of camaraderie that can come from team sports. I think there's, you know, for me as a teenager when I was very shy and introverted, uh-huh. it was sort of a way to socialize without having to socialize. You know, people knew who I was because I played soccer and, mm-hmm. you know, it being an athlete can make your life a lot easier in high school and that kind of thing. But uh, no, yeah, I agree with you. There's yeah. a lot of discipline that has to go into, um, you Sports. know, becoming somebody like Serena Williams or oh, Abby Wambach. Do you think that's, um, this is very reductive to say, is that a good thing or a bad thing for young girls, girls and young women? In, I mean, I think about, I know kids who have done the sort of soccer grind and when they're talented, I was. I have a, a niece who was also sort of good, and so suddenly it wasn't just her school team. She was on a traveling team. The travel and was, team. And mm-hmm. you're gone every weekend, and they. I remember a Christmas where she and her mom had to get on a plane to go to the finals, which were the day after Christmas or something. Um, and it does require this, in some ways, kind of almost monastic dedication to this physical experience. Like it's. It sort of seems almost like a. Uh, a meditation when you're, you're not getting paid for it, you're not getting the glory for I know, it, but, but you no get so much structure for men. Um, uh, I don't know. Is it different for men? Is it good? Is it better? Is that is it making them stronger? Is it when you're going pro? What do you think? You're 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 just taking that much time. Don't you agree, Sarah? Yeah, it's you know now that I'm a mom and I have two girls, I think about this a lot. They're not quite at the age where they're going to be playing sports yet, but. Uh, you know, I think back to my experience doing the traveling team thing and, um, you know, really dedicating myself to something that ultimately didn't pan out, mostly because mm-hmm. <laughs> I hated getting in shape. Oh. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of good that can come from discipline, having focus and motivation, and, um, you know, it teaches you a lot of great skills, but at the same time, 
I think it's it's naive to think that the environment can't be toxic. At this, you know, there's mm-hmm. soccer right. parents can be the worst. <laughs> oh. Um, you know, if you have, I've had bad coaches who can just obliterate your self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, and then some that can absolutely like build you up beyond your, you know, that you ever thought you could feel about yourself. And so, um, so you know, I think it has to be a balance. I think if there's outside pressure, mm-hmm. um, you know, from parents or or coaches or whatnot to to work harder, be harder, or be better, you know, I worry about that. But if it's an internal motivation, you know, I. I, I and I say this, but I think we need to, to have the same approach to arts and music and just anything yeah. that gets people passionate and yeah. excited about life. I think we have to support that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is scary to see the pressure that some kids get put under. And I, and I do wonder, I, I put my four-year-old in soccer this summer and she just hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I really You're like, check, about, check. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be different life than I had. So, so book writing, evaluate. maybe. Exactly. Well, you know, it's so funny you yeah. should say that because my next question was, are you going to let your girls do soccer? <laughs> and, uh, well, the four-year-old's off the hook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see about the baby. Exactly. Young. <laughs> so how does, um, uh, the how do the heroines in your books balance their very concentrated independent lives as as athletes with um romance how do they how do they feel about trying to work a relationship in and uh you know how do we work it out i think for all three of the characters the the female characters in the the series it it sort of kind of hits them out of nowhere it's not that they're opposed to relationships but that they they just haven't made the time for it and, and thought about it and until it kind of, you know, they meet the one that they can't ignore anymore. Um, for Lainey in the first book, it's this is addressed a lot more directly. She's got what I call her reverse bucket list of things that she wanted to do after she reached the pinnacle of her career, which was winning the World Cup. You know, she's going to start doing normal things again, and she makes this list. It's like eating bacon and going to the library and getting a decent Oh, I love it. Things. Yeah, and, and, the, and Gabe, the hero, he finds her list and kind of forces her to to do all those things, but at the same time, he wants to respect that she's not going to um, put aside her motivation, her dedication, and but trying to show it, she can have a little bit of balance. And that's really kind of the main theme with Jamie, who is, I think, if I dare say, my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Well, um, she's our book. spunky one, right? She's our snarky yeah. spunky. You know, I, I, I hear she's got a lot of great one-liners. I love a snarky spunky. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't love a snarky spunky? I do. Um, yeah. I hate those very beta girls uh, uh, not, I don't even know if you call them beta but Lauren will tolerate beta nothing nothing yeah. <laughs> well I do like a beta hero personally I, you know I don't yeah no I'm team beta hero beta males uh, <laughs> well by the way we're all with beta males but that doesn't mean I want to read about them <laughs> it is a yeah. fantasy kids um, but wait a minute go back to Jamie and her one liners uh, is that you or is that something that you really found yourself being creative about she is completely the opposite of me, which I think is why she's so fun to write. She <laughs> says what she thinks. She has no qualms about, you know, she's one of the characters who has no issues with wearing makeup and not liking being sweaty. She'll do it, but she wants to shower right away after the <laughs> game, and, you know, things like that. And she's got no, no inhibitions about that. I love it. Um, she's, you know, she's really confident in herself and she's very extroverted. So that's kind of part of her journey is, is sort of like, you know, how does she balance sort of things that are going on in her personal life with, you know, wanting to be open and she's really the person who gels the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she's 
she's not opposed to relationships, but it's for her, it's just a matter of the timing. Like she's on the road all the time. She's traveling between countries. When she's to play with the Canadian national team, she's, um, you know, she's does not want to see that the person right in front of her is the person for her. Yeah. Um, but she can't seem to avoid him. And they do mm-hmm. have a pretty, you know, he, uh, Alex gives as good as he gets. You know, he seems like a more quiet, reserved kind of guy, but, you know, Jamie brings out that part of him that makes him um, snark back just as hard. Um, so, yeah, she, she doesn't struggle with the idea of being in a relationship as much, but she does struggle with the idea of, of sort of how to keep that away from her teammates and her coaches when, you know, fundamentally she believes in that openness and connectivity yeah. with her, her teammates. Well, I think you gave another layer to Jamie as, as well, if I'm not mistaken, and, and it was really about her her joints and her muscles and how sore mm-hmm. they were. And, you know, it was eventually, you know, expanded upon. She was diagnosed um, with, I believe, RA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and was that a really something that was important for you to explore in this book? Because I, I think I found it really refreshing to see that you were dealing with not only a romance per se, which, again, one of the reasons I'm reading the book, but it's also giving us another layer. Um, we've got a strong heroine, again, role reversal. But then we've also got this medical thing that I think really gives it another layer of authenticity. Yeah. And someone committed to a life of toughness and, yeah. you know, the tradition mm-hmm. of playing through the pain and then uh, meeting something that, you know, turns out maybe well, you can't face down in that same it's way. It's really relevant because if you think about all the issues in sports with, with football, especially mm-hmm. with the concussions mm-hmm. and the medical right. issues and the brain damage, I, I found it yeah. really refreshing that it was real. Like, of course, these athletes are going to break down after so many years of pounding on your joints. Yeah, and it, it's something I want to write about for partly for personal reasons because it's something that. Um, it's sort of an issue within my family and so we kind of went through that journey okay. in a very similar way it was a physiotherapist who kind of offhand um at a bar <laughs> oh, <laughs> i love that you and, made him uh, a hero then <laughs> <laughs> yeah except yeah so it, it, it was a uh, here's a female <laughs> oh just kidding male. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know it was something personal but uh, and so i want i had this idea really where you know she's jamie's exceptional in every way she's she's a double olympian she's an incredible athlete. She's one of the fastest soccer players out there, and she relies on her body to be not normal but exceptional. So the mm-hmm. idea of having to kind of face a journey like that is kind of another layer that you know only somebody like Jamie, I thought, was the only character I could really write who would go through that journey and come mm-hmm. out stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I adore that character. Um, yeah, it's a well, please, it's, I think you're bringing that, awareness to something that's not ever really talked about in romance. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, loved it. As I was writing it, I realized, you know, I did a little bit more research about athletes, and um, quite a few of them have chronic illnesses, chronic oh, pain, wow. and we don't see a lot of talk about that. There's um, one of the top American female players. I didn't know this at the time I was writing. It was more when I went back and started to do a little bit more research, I realized, um, you know, one of the top American players, she won the World Cup, she won the Olympics while dealing with the same diagnosis. And oh, it's wow. like, wow, the, the strength that it takes to do that is mm-hmm. just phenomenal. So Absolutely. yeah, I have a lot of real life heroes that uh, that kind of feed into my work. Oh, I love it. It, it. Like I said, yeah. authenticity can't be beat. And I think it is a, um, an asset because if if you if there are romance fans out there who aren't very sporty or think I don't know maybe a sports romance isn't for me, 
I mean, it's ultimately, it's not a sports romance. It's a person romance. It's a human romance. Yes. And that's a an element of it. And here's uh, an incredible dramatic plot element that will be rewarding whether you call it sports ball and don't even know if there's a goal <laughs> yeah. or a bat or a whatever. Um, but it still is clearly speaking to the human experience in that way. I love it. Well... Sarah, thank you so much. Um, before I let you go, we are going to do uh, what we always conclude our interviews with, and it's called our True Confessions section. <laughs> and this is a series of quick and dirty little questions that uh, I, I think give some real insight for our fans and our readers. Um, not even readers, our listeners. Our listeners. Probably nothing's going to stop you from running for president. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're easy. They're easy. So uh, you ready? Sure. Okay. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Mountain or beach? Oh, you know where I live, I get both. Ooh. Oh, greedy. <laughs> yeah, I'll say beach, but uh, yeah, I, uh, no, beach. Correct answer. Um, <laughs> heels or flats? I wear flats, but I want to be the type of person who wears heels. <laughs> like I have the heels, but I wear the flats. That's me. Good. I assumed it would be sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that she's a, you can want one, but really do the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, paper or ebook? Ebook all the way. All right. <laughs> um, but then again, you are one of our ebook authors. <laughs> can you name one turn off and one turn on of yours? Oh, turn off? I think. Uh, ego cockiness mm-hmm. in a bad way mm-hmm. um turn on i'm just looking at my husband in the other room mm. he smells really good oh, oh, i love that that's a great so answer cute. that's adorable <laughs> um what's your favorite road trip food Ooh, probably twizzlers <laughs> good one mm-hmm. yeah good one um what word would you ban from the english language Oh, I know everybody would say moist. Everybody says say, moist. <laughs> I say nonplussed. And the reason I say that <laughs> is because it's the word that has two definitions that mean the exact opposite of each other. <laughs> so I hate the word nonplussed. I just think it's useless at this point because you never know what to, what the, uh, the person is trying to mean with that word. Well said. Yeah. Well <laughs> said. Um, if you could pay someone else to do one thing for you for the rest of your life, what would that task be? Hmm. Packing my kids' lunch. Oh. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I how many years I have ahead of me to have to do that. Yeah, that, yeah that's a long haul. Oh, that's so funny. My son is four, and I don't really, I mean, once in a while I'll pack something, but I, I haven't really gotten to the like nitty-gritty of packing the lunch yet. He's not even in kindergarten yet, so. Yeah, our daycare doesn't provide lunches, so. <sighs> Yep. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to dread it as well. And last it's but not terrible. I know, right? <laughs> last but not least, what is your favorite romantic movie? Oh, I'm so bad. I don't watch romantic movies. Uh, oh, we f- has other people say that too sometimes. So we how about, few how about favorite romantic novel? Oh. Oh my goodness. All of them. I know. Um, <laughs> hey, you know the, the, the first romance I, I read was Welcome to Temptation from Jenny Cruz. Yes. Oh, sorry. That's a classic. Oh, that is a classic. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That was a long time ago. Mm, Good stuff, though. Is that the one with the cherries on the cover? No, that's Bettany. 
Oh, uh, what's the one with? Which is also a great one. I was gonna say, what's <laughs> the one with? She's got the little scarf. Is that the one? She's got that little yellow scarf, and she, her head's oh, chopped no. off black. Bob. I can't remember. It's been through a couple, but you are remembering that great repackage exactly. they did some years back. So I know I've read it. It's, I read yeah. all the cruisies, but oh, good call. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, remember, everyone, all the listeners, for the win is out right now. Keeping scores out November seventh. And going for the goals out next February. And they're all a mere four ninety nine, I believe. Exactly. So a bargain uh, at any price. A bargain. A bar- the win is at one ninety nine. Oh, it's on sale right That's now. That's right. Mm-hmm. It is on sale right now. Awesome. Let's go out and get it right now. All right. Shop, yeah. people. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. 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 Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. Well, welcome back. She was fantastic. Oh, she was. And it's so, I mean, I could have talked to her so much more about, Absolutely. like, the whole, like, women's soccer Support like female athletes versus yeah I mean Uh, and I I have tremendous respect for women who really do take that athletic ability to another level because I never did yeah maybe we'll have to have her back for the next book I think we should actually Mm -hmm. I really liked her Um, well that actually concludes our show for the day remember go to our site xoxo after doc afterdark.com get our free reads our specials so many great things up there remember our Judith McNaught read-along is right up there that's something near and dear to my heart Whitney my love is the read-along but uh, if anyone wants to give me a shout out for about almost heaven you can because if it had been my choice we would be reading that but we're not it wasn't my choice if you all come for Whitney my love hashtag Whitney Wednesday then maybe it'll be um, hashtag almost uh, heaven almost heaven heavenly reading I don't know write in your write in your vote write in your vote I'm starting it right now write in I should mention um, the read along will be going like Abby said on Wednesdays but at 9pm Eastern Standard Time great thank you good good Well, again, that concludes our show for today. And remember, the best conversations happen after after dark. dark.